On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most inspired visionaries on the planet in lighthearted, lively dialogue. Join us as we explore the expansive nature of reality in a down-to-earth way, offering you insights and tools, empowering you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Now, here's your host, Christine Upchurch. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm so glad you've joined us here today. You may be listening live on 1150 AM KKNW here in the Seattle area. You might be listening live on Transformation Talk Radio or on one of the many syndicated stations after the fact or on ChristineUpchurch.com in the archives. But wherever and whenever you're listening from today, you're going to be really excited you joined us because I've got a VIP here who's got this this combination of science and spirituality that really gets me jazzed. But before I tell you who he is, I want to say hello to the magician behind all those machines who allows you to hear these wonderful conversations, Mr. Benny, Benny Mathers. Hi, Benny. Hi, Christine. <laughs> Glad you'd have you back for another Friday, and I'm ready to get my jeans on. You're- get it? Jeans? Well, we have a biologist, Scientologist, you know, on jeans. Oh, 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 God. Uh oh, I'm in big trouble because if I don't get your jokes, then I'm really, I'm really sunk with the science today. That and I've been here for seven hours already. I've already been warmed up, ready to go. I got my coffee here and I'm, I'm, I'm warming up myself. (laughs) The other jeans, not these jeans. There we go. That'd be kind of awkward if you came into the studio and I didn't my pants on. Making sure we didn't go there. I think we need to redirect this conversation immediately. (laughs) It's no pants Friday. Now everybody's going to be tuning into the video feed. See now, where I'm going? Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm really excited <laughs> about our guest today. It is Dr. Bruce Lipton, and um, he has done such groundbreaking work in the mind-body connection, and he is helping to pave the way for a new world and for us to evolve in new ways. Um, he's a cell biologist, and he's a lecturer, and he's internationally recognized He's a leader in bridging science and spirit. He was on the faculty of the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and later performed groundbreaking stem cell research at Stanford. He's the best-selling author of The Biology of Belief, which, you know, is, is pretty much like a household phrase because his book is so well known. He recently updated this book with a 10th anniversary edition. And he's also the author of The Honeymoon Effect and a co-author of Spontaneous Evolution. He received a 2009 prestigious, and I hope I pronounce this correctly, Goi Peace Award in Japan in honor of his scientific contribution to world harmony. And I'm so glad to have him here today, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Welcome, Bruce. I am also so happy to be here today with you and with <laughs> Benny. Uh, what better place can I find early in the morning to, to laugh and wake up? Yeah. Thank so, you. So what time is it for you in New Zealand? Because I understand you're, you're half a planet away. Yeah, it's 8.06 in the morning uh, okay. on Saturday, which is like your cartoon hangout day, and, and yet we're working right now. Okay, well, yeah, we won't be having too much... Uh... Well, we could be part of your... Sa- <laughs> we're part of your Saturday morning routine. I mean, there that's go. good. There we go, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. You know, Bruce... And I just want to thank my uh, appreciation to all the left coasters out there, uh, being a, a, a resident of California, temporarily in New Zealand... Um, uh, I feel uh, that uh, going home to California, Oregon, Washington, um, I feel good. And I'm sorry for the rest <laughs> of those people. But um, uh, 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 evolution is in process. Yeah. And, uh, and I just want people to understand when they look at the world and it looks like crazy upside down. It's like, oh, my God, what's going on here? This is actually uh, uh, one of the best signs. Uh, it's a sign that uh, there's an upheaval in process and mm-hmm. that we're going through an evolution. And this is really the most important thing that uh, we have to understand today for a very simple scientific fact. And that is this. We are uh, are in what is called the sixth mass extinction of life on this planet. Now, wow. uh, that sounds And that's a weird. good thing? Oh, my goodness. What? <laughs> it's, that's not the good thing. The good thing is we're doing something. <laughs> we're transitioning out of a culture a way of life that is actually undermining uh, the environment, uh, and this is what is precipitating this ev- uh, you know, this evolutionary upheaval. So uh, humans are the cause of this mass extinction, and right. consequently, then obviously we are also the uh, elements el- able to change this once we become aware, and that's 
the whole thing. It's a wake-up time. We, we we have to recognize that uh, civilization, uh, uh, the way we've been living it, uh, is actually uh, precipitating this extinction event. And if we just change the way we're living uh, and change the, the, the whole meaning and sense of w why we're here, mm -hmm. uh, th th there's this opportunity to come out of this uh, and do very well. And if we don't change, uh, the writing is on the wall and people think, oh, extinction, a thousand years from now or something. I say, no, uh, we're talking decades. Yes. Uh, it's a rapid decline, so it's a wake-up call. And I thank you for <clears throat> giving me an opportunity to say, wake up! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, something. And, and yet I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, I, I know that there are many of us who are waking up to this, and yet the policymakers here in the U.S. at least are not... Um, I know that, that that we are so far behind. And I, okay, so it, my background, I'm a former research statistician, and um, I used to design and analyze clinical trials and cancer research before I went into energy healing and self-empowerment workshops. But so I've, I've worked within the, the sort of the mainstream structure, and I know that that's where you came from, that research environment in universities. And there is this myopia. It's like this, this closed-mindedness, even for those who are supposedly on the cutting edge of science. So how do we open the minds of, of these people who are so entrenched in, in that kind of narrow perspective? Well, uh, knowledge is power. A lack of knowledge uh, means a lack of power. And the public has been systematically deprived of the fact that we are facing this extinction. I just saw something in the news that said, of all the media last year, I think there was 240 minutes coverage of the mass extinction event over all of the networks over the whole year and the reality as well uh, how can we do something about a problem if no one's uh, being exposed to the fact that we do have a problem yes. so thank you for for bringing this to the forefront yeah okay so uh, if we're already on this roll towards human extinction at least and I know there's a whole lot of I mean that's ultimately where we're headed if we don't shift things around as you were saying um, what's the anecdote? Uh, <clears throat> knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Basically saying, look, um, we have a misunderstanding of who we are, a <laughs> misunderstanding that uh, we even have a role on this planet. Uh, our conventional theory of evolution, like the Darwinian theory of evolution, uh, basically says that evolution starts off, the first uh, step in an evolutionary process is called a random or accidental mutation. Uh -huh. uh, and then uh, an organism is altered, their heredity is altered, but if the mutation benefits the organism, uh, then that mutation will be carried on to subsequent, subsequent generations. But if that mutation is detrimental, then that organism will die out and the mutation won't be passed through. So right. you say, oh, what is the premise of evolution? And here's where the whole thing goes wrong. The first step you said was an accident. And I go, well, if it's an accident uh, that leads evolution, then I said, then why are we here? Mm -hmm. And you go, wow, a whole bunch of accidents happened. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, here we are. And what that does is says there was no reason, purpose, or meaning to human existence if it only um, you know, uh, reached this level of life just by accidents alone. We have to change that insight. The reality is this. Uh, our genetics, our heredity, our evolution is intimately tied to the environment. Uh, we, we are, you know, a piece of this entire structure. Uh, we are not just accidental visitors here. Uh -huh. And the relevance about that is then what is it that promotes evolution? The answer is this. An organism is continuously adapting to an environment. So the whole idea is this, that the environment and the organism are in a lockstep uh, evolutionary process. Sure. And I said, so why are we here? And I said, because uh, an, uh, an environment has to be somewhat stable. You can't have radical changes in temperature like we're experiencing a little bit now with climate change. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you can't have, it's sort of, there's a homeostasis, a harmony and a balance. Every organism that was introduced through evolution was introduced to keep the balance. So for example, mm -hmm. Basically, look at it this way. Uh, at first, there were no animals on this planet. It was only plants. Sure. And you go, well, and I go, well, that was cool. Uh, I said, what's the consequence? I said, well, plants uh, take in carbon dioxide and as a waste product, give off oxygen. Uh -huh. I go, well, what does that mean? I say, well, 
take a, a, a billion years of plants uh, taking in carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and throwing oxygen back in, what happened was, and this is real, the oxygen concentration in the atmosphere got so high that lightning strikes started spontaneous fires all over the planet because the oxygen was too rich. Sure. So the idea is you can't have just plants because then the inversion of the atmosphere is carbon dioxide disappears, oxygen comes up, and then that's explosive. So guess what? Animals come in. Uh -huh. And I said, well, what do animals do? Well, animals breathe in the oxygen and return the carbon dioxide. I say, ah, oh. So when you have plants and animals in harmony together, then you keep a balance of the gases in the atmosphere. So the animals weren't an accident. If they didn't happen, uh, the planet would, over periods of time, just have continuous mass fires uh, burning things out and starting over again. So there's a cooperation. That's what evolution is based on. And it's really important because when you look at our understanding of evolution, it's based on competition. Uh -huh. That's that go out right. there and beat the other one before they beat you. That's a belief system that drives the uh, corporate enter, you know, uh, entities into, you uh, we want more, we want more, and then there's competition and all that. And it turns out competition is not the primary drive force of evolution. Cooperation is. And all of a sudden I say, where does it say that in the book? Uh -huh. <laughs> I go, well, unfortunately, uh, we predicated our whole evolution on, on the fact of uh Life is a struggle for survival with a competition for fitness. That, that's the definition. You bet. And I say, well, what's the relevance? It says, where the heck is the cooperation? We are not cooperating with nature. The result of not cooperating with nature is we're undermining the web of life. Uh -huh. And I say, yeah. Uh, you know, and people say, oh, I don't see it. I look out the window. I don't see this evolution going on. Well, here's, a, here's an interesting fact. If you were here in 1970... They took a survey of all the animals on the planet. How many animals are on this planet? And they just did it again last year, the same mm -hmm. survey. And they found that 62% of the animals have disappeared since 1970. In other words, oh two-thirds of all the animals that were here in the sense of population were down to one-third the number of animals. And if you think that's bad... Uh, in Germany, uh, 28 years of doing population dynamics on the insects uh, found in their national parks. Uh, and after 28 years, they have come out with the data this, this year, just a few months ago, 75% of the insects have disappeared. Uh, oh, and the population is swindling. And you shocking. go, well, you know, I don't like mosquitoes. And I say, yeah, but you, I sure hope you like bees. <laughs> right, <laughs> Real right. helpful for our agriculture. Yeah. Uh, and so, and then the last one, which is the more important one at this to me, because it's so close to the edge, is since 1950, 90% of the fish in the ocean are gone. This We're is... left with 10% at this moment, and it's rapidly getting smaller and smaller. So the scientific estimate, which might be conservative, is... 2048, no fish in the ocean on planet Earth. Shocking. We have to go to a quick break, but we're going to continue this wonderful conversation here in just a few moments. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, a.m. 1150, and Transformation Time. Talk radio. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, 
Our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Let It Go Radio. The future awaits you. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Barbara Scheidegger explores the way to clarity, peace, and how to live a successful life on your terms by turning negative experiences into positive ones. Barbara's curiosity about the human experience drives her both personally and professionally. As a life coach, author, and renowned clinical hypnotherapist, Barbara knows how to move forward in a natural, organic way without side effects. If you want to grow, be sure to tune in to Let It Go Radio. To learn more, visit LetItGoHypnosis.com. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Welcome back to the Christine Eptor Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. You know, uh, we're having a fascinating, albeit a little terrifying conversation with Dr. Bruce Lipton here. Now, Bruce, you know, you're talking about all these extinctions and, and just the, the percentages and the, the sheer numbers are, are very frightening to me. I remember seeing, you're talking about the harmony. I remember seeing this video. It was fascinating to watch um, when they reintroduced wolves into Yellowstone, the effect that it had, it's not just like, okay, well, they ate one animal and it reduced the population. It had this huge ripple effect. Can you talk a little bit more about how the extinction of something that seems kind of irrelevant to us can affect the global picture? Well, if we look at um, life as people talk about a web of life, and you start to recognize that if you start to knock out links out of a web, there's a certain moment where the web itself starts to collapse. Oh, yeah. And, and our, our, uh, what we've done to the planet is, is very toxic, uh, considering the amount of chemistry that we put into the earth uh, that is just uh, not in harmony with life. And the whole idea is every organism contributes to the harmony, and that's why an organism is, uh, is present in the environment. Another simple fact any organism that actually uh, is, is contradicts the mechanism of life, anything that interferes with the mechanism of life, that organism is ultimately eliminated. And, and this is writing on the wall is right now, human survival is being questioned by nature because she's saying, look, uh, you're not in harmony with everything that's going on. You're, you're the equivalent of a virus in what was a healthy system. You know, it's, it's interesting because we talk about uh, uh, in the earliest times the Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. uh, and there was a garden here before people came in. But what, what's the important uh, relevance of using the term garden? And the garden is this: a garden is not a battleground. A, a garden is, is the height of cooperation between all the organisms. Uh -huh. If you remove the organisms or any of the organisms, then you, you challenge everything. So, for example, right now. Uh, we're seeing massive die-off of insects, as I mentioned, but bees are one of the main main insects that are, are being lost. And I right. say, well, what's the relevance? I say, agriculture uh, that, that we depend on uh -huh. uh, is also dependent on bees as pollinators. And if the bees stop pollinating, then the plants stop growing, and then that's another link out of the web. And, and while I'm giving all this kind of stuff as, well, oh, my God, this is negative and scary, I, I, I'm, I'm saying this only because... Sometimes we need something to motivate us, uh, and it's like uh, the idea, oh, it would be nice to be green, you know, mm -hmm. to be live a green life. It'd be nice. I say, no, it's not nice to live a green life. It's required that yes. we can live a, a, a green existence. And when we start messing with uh, the, the world uh, and, and, the, uh, and nature, we, we are screwing up much bigger things than we can even visualize. You know, the one you saw about wolves, uh, where, where when they reintroduce the wolves, as you said, they're, they're predators uh, of the weak animals. Sure. Uh, and so they removed the weakness. But then it turned out, well, 
in addition to that, it changed the uh, the vegetation. Uh-huh. I, I mean, because when the animals changed, then the vegetation changed, and then there were trees where there were no trees, and all of a sudden the garden started to come back because we said wolves bad, mm-hmm. take them out of the picture. And it's like no, wolves are are not. Uh, you know, just uh, invasive organisms. Wolves are an integral part of a fabric and a structure. You know, another one that's real interesting is whales. Uh-huh. And people go, well, yeah, we're losing the whales. I go, there's another video on this, and it's very critical. And it says, uh, in the ocean, uh, the the sediment, uh, the you know, when animals die and organic sediment, sediment uh, happens, it, it goes to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so at the bottom of the ocean on the floor is all this rich organic stuff. But most of the fish and organisms live way up toward the surface. Uh-huh. So the problem is uh, now you got all the nutrients in the bottom and the organisms at the top. It turned out that whales actually created currents. What they would do is a mm. whale would dive deep into the sea. And as it would dive deep, it'd make a U-turn and sharply come back up. That coming back up carried with it the nutrients from the bottom and brought it back up to the top to nourish the fish. So they were circulating elements. They were called that was circulation. Uh And you you say, well, what the heck? We just take the whales out. Big deal. I go, big deal. Once you took the whales out, the circulation stopped. We have dead zones in the ocean where fish can't live. Why? The sediments at the bottom, they can't go down there. Uh And and all of a sudden the fish at the top can't live up there. And and we're seeing an issue. And so, uh, I really want to emphasize this because, hey, it's, you know, it's Saturday morning. Uh, uh, cartoons are much better than this story right now. But the idea is this. We are making changes. There is a green movement. There is an organic movement. There's a health movement. And all of this is really trying to say we have not been living in harmony with the planet. And as we start to go back into harmony, our health issues are going to clear up uh, because health uh, and uh, health and disease in a body is totally just a reflection. Is there harmony among your cells in your body, the 50 trillion cells that make up a body? Is there harmony in that population? If uh-huh. there is, that's called health. But if you start to get disharmony in the system where some of the cells start dropping out and other cells are change their function, that's called disease. Right. Uh, there's an ecology. I say, well, that, that same balance and harmony that occurs with 50 trillion cells in our body is just a reflection that the environment around us is also uh, in harmony. And, and yet, if we're the ones that are breaking the harmony, then we're creating a disease on the planet. And uh-huh. that disease is what leads us to extinction. Can we do something about it? Yeah. So yes, Bruce, right now. <laughs> so, Bruce, you talk about um, going green. And I know that that word is you know, flung about, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a very popular word. But I'm curious... From your evolutionary perspective, what it means for us to to go green? Well, what it means for us to go green is to return back to nature's harmony. Look, you know, with our science and our technology, we are so apparently so smart. We can say, (laughs) oh, my God, if you bring these chemicals in and spray the plants with with Roundup and we kill all the weeds, we're going to have much better plants. And I say, yeah, but... Uh, what about the Roundup that you just put back into the earth? And they say, oh, that breaks down. It's like, oh, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't break down like that. It's there. It's permanently toxic. It's poisonous. It's affecting the ecosystem underneath that. You said, well, who needs weeds? And I go, weeds are part of making soil. <laughs> if you don't have soil, uh, you can't grow something. You say, well, soil is dirt. And I go, okay, the minerals are, are, are the dirt. Soil in itself has all the organic stuff. When you take a teaspoon of soil, it's filled with bacteria. Uh-huh. You go, oh my God, bacteria, that's scary. And I go, you see again, another vision, bacteria, bad, people, uh-huh. good. And it's like, no, no bacteria, no food. Uh, the whole idea is it's the organic composition of the soil that supports the growth of plants. Right. And, and again, when we look at it, just say, well, if I adjust this chemical, so-called science-wise, then everything should be better. Uh, and it turns out, oh, yeah, really like uh, statin drugs. Mm-hmm. People that say, oh, I got a lot of cholesterol. And they say, oh, you take this statin drug. Mm-hmm. And, and that will interfere with the cholesterol. Uh, and we bought the idea. And I say, look, that's like a miniature ecosystem in itself. And I go, what do you mean? I say, well, you got 50 trillion cells. Uh, and there's a chemical balance in there. And then you throw statins in with the idea of changing the cholesterol. And guess what? Here, here's the result of our interfering is that less than 3% of all the people taking statins have any positive effect from it. 97% wow. of statin 
users have no benefit. In fact, 23% of statin users have uh, side effects that are, are serious. Uh -huh. I go, here's a drug that helps 3%, hurts 23% right. uh, and has no effect. And I say, well, why are we doing it? Because the belief that if I just put this one simple drug in there, my life will be all straightened down. It's like, no, life is a complex uh, interaction. Yeah, and uh, it's, it very yes, go it, ahead, it's please. funny with the cholesterol. Um, I've heard that the cholesterol is actually serving a purpose. There are like little, you know, little, little tiny cuts within the arteries and the cholesterol is doing its thing saying, okay, there's injury here. I need to protect it. I need to protect it. And yes, it can get to this place of being, um, you know, dangerous for us because it clogs our arteries if we have too much of it. However, it's serving a purpose. It's like it, the statin drugs is looking at it as though it's a problem and not understanding the whole system as you're talking about. Exactly. As a matter of fact, the cholesterol is an integral part of the cell membrane of all 50 trillion cells that we have in our body. If you take the oh. cholesterol out of the body, the body will die. That's a fact of life. Cholesterol is a fundamentally required chemical. It's not coming from our diet, which is also people should understand that. They say, well, don't eat that. It's got too much cholesterol. And it turns out dietary cholesterol is not relevant to body cholesterol. It's a, that was, a, again, another mistake. And then again, just like chemistry, so well, cholesterol is associated with those plaques in, in cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. Here's another fact. The cholesterol only shows up in those cells after the damage has already occurred. What was the point? Oh, well, you see cholesterol where all the damage is, and they said, oh, cholesterol is the cause of the problem. Uh -huh. Stop the cholesterol. And it turns out cholesterol was not the problem. And in fact, cholesterol only showed up after the problem. So again, a little bit of knowledge is a very dangerous thing. And, and, and we're fooling around with too, you know, a little bit of knowledge. We need a much more holistic picture of everything on this planet is an integrated into one life form. That's the principle called Gaia. Uh -huh. uh, that uh, there's, you can look at them as separate little individuals. Uh, I say, yeah, but they all work in harmony. In other words, you can look at your body and say, here I have uh, muscle cells. And here I have some skin cells and here I have some brain cells. They're all, you know, they're just separate populations. I go, no, skin, muscle, brain, it's all integrated. Mm -hmm. You can't take one out and still have the rest of it work right. Yeah, we have to go to a quick break. Stay tuned for more here on The Christine Upchurch Show. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. Years ago when facing cancer, without any immediate treatment options... I sought healing by making various life changes. For a while, I followed a very restrictive diet. I often found myself obsessing about which foods were good and which ones were bad. Then one day I realized I was consuming foods based on fear, fear of not getting well. But I didn't want to make choices out of fear anymore. I decided it was far better for my immune system if I allowed myself to experience the joy that came from, say, eating frozen yogurt, than it was for me to ingest the fear that came from avoiding it. Now, instead of choosing healthy habits based on fear, I try to make choices because they feel right and ultimately bring me joy and ease. How many of your healthy habits are really based on fear? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. You know that feeling in your gut, that tiny whisper in the back of your ear, the tinge behind your knee that says, let's go for it. But then your mind says, that's ridiculous. Do you ever wonder if that little voice might be onto something? My name is Audrey Michelle. I'm the host of Rewired Life Radio, as well as a spiritual growth coach. If you're ready to stop letting fear lead you around, let's talk. If you're at the point in your life where you're ready to shed layers of what you thought you were supposed to be and are ready to take the next step to trust your best resource, Let's talk. I can help you discover the voice of inner wisdom. I will guide you through a process to unearth your best self. To learn more, go to AudreyMichelle.com slash coaching. That's Audrey Michelle spelled M-I-C-H-E-L dot com slash coaching.
On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Talk Radio. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. That is the wonderful Michael Tomlinson. He's actually local here, but his music is known worldwide. Go to MichaelTomlinson.com if you're interested in learning more about him and his wonderful music. Oh, my gosh. I'm having a fabulous conversation today with Bruce Lipton, and this hour is flying by, and you know, during the break, Bruce, you started talking about quantum physics and how it relates to conscious creation. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about that, please? Yeah, you know, first, let's say, where did my work come in in the very beginning in 19, uh, around 1967, 68? I started to recognize that uh, the, the genetics of our body are, are not controlling themselves. Here's a fact, and people should really get this because they're being misled. The idea that people have heard that genes turn on and genes turn off, and in the process, genes control our life. That is the most false statement that ever existed. Uh-huh. Genes have no ability to turn on or turn off. Genes are blueprints. They're no different than a blueprint in an architect's office. I uh, say you go into an architect's office, she's working on a blueprint. You lean over her shoulder and you say, uh, tell me, is your blueprint on or off? And the architect will look up at you and she'll <laughs> say, but on or off? Are you crazy? It's a blueprint. There's no on or off. And I go, precisely. Uh, that it turns out that the genes in our body are controlled by the chemistry that is derived from the nervous system. And I say, yeah, but what's that chemistry? I said, it's linked to our consciousness. So all of a sudden it says, oh my God, uh, your consciousness is controlling your biology. I go, absolutely. Uh, uh, people have known about it for a hundred years called the placebo effect. Uh-huh. The placebo effect is you believe a drug or surgery is going to heal you. You get healed and then find out the drug was a sugar pill. The surgery was a sham. And I said, then what healed you? And the answer is obvious. It was your belief that you were going to get healed, not the drug. Yes. Uh, and that's the nature of what a positive belief is all about and i go and negative belief and i said well, you see that's another place that we never talk about uh, negative beliefs are equally powerful as positive beliefs but they work in the opposite direction mm-hmm. uh so a negative belief can cause any illness a negative belief the fear alone can cause you to die you can just die from fear uh, that's a belief sure. and i go so why is this relevant i say well consciousness in your body is translated into chemistry and our body becomes a complement to the vision in our mind uh and, and all of a sudden i say oh my god if you change your mind you change your biology I go absolutely and then so biology people are moving into this field called epigenetics mm-hmm. and i say what does that mean it says well everyone out there essentially been programmed the belief in called genetic control that's the belief that most right. people have. That we're that victimized by our genes. Genetic yes. control. That we're victims, yes. But yeah, but the fact was, that that's what the whole false statement is. The false statement is this. Uh, life is controlled by epigenetics. And epigenetics sounds like genetics, but epi means above. 
So when I say epigenetic control, that means control above the genes. I go, well, so what is that control above the genes? I go, consciousness. Uh, and, and that uh, the placebo effect is a positive thinking and consequence. And what people don't understand because no one talks about it is negative thinking causes nocebo effect, mm -hmm. which is a, a, a consciousness that creates any disease that we have in our body. So I go, oh, consciousness is, is controlling our biology. And then I go back one step even further back, bigger. The most valid science on planet Earth is quantum physics. There is no science with more truth in it than quantum physics. And I go, and, and what's the basic premise of quantum physics? And the basic first thing from 1925 on has been consciousness is creating our life experiences. And I go, oh, my God. Physics and biology are collaborating at this moment to say what's happening out there is not an accident. It's a result of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Change your consciousness and you change the world and your own biology. So we've been focusing on genes, which makes you a victim because as far as you know, you didn't pick the genes. If you don't right. like the genes, you can't change them. And then I say, oh, I'm sorry, you're a victim of your genes. And it turns out epigenetics uh, controls not just the action of genes, epigenetics rewrites the expression of genes. So in so, other words, you could come with perfectly healthy genes and have cancer. Uh -huh. It's not the gene that causes the cancer. It, it is the consciousness via epigenetics that changes the reading of the genes. So it turns out less than 1% of disease is connected to genetics. 90 plus percent of disease is lifestyle and consciousness. Those are things we can change. Well, as a result, then, we're not the victims we've been programmed to be. We are the masters without any knowledge. And again, knowledge is power. No knowledge, mm -hmm. we, we've lost power. And this is why this upheaval is bringing to the forefront. We want to change the world. First, we have to change ourselves. And yeah. then the world will change automatically. So I, when thinking in terms of us being a victim and how we, we truly aren't a victim of our genes, um, why do you think that s the majority of people still feel stuck in victimhood? Uh, excuse me? Why, 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 why do you think do so many people? It, you're talking about how, you know, well over 90 percent of disease is, does not relate to our, you know, our, our blueprints, but rather. Right. Um, so. Why do you think so many people still feel like victims to disease and illness? Because that's the continuous program. Look, every 15 minutes on television, you're going to sell you a drug. It says, look, you've got this problem. Here's a drug. You take a drug and you'll get better because you're a machine. Uh -huh. and, and the conventional belief in medicine is like the body does not have intelligence to it. So therefore, we need outside intervention if there's something wrong in the body, which is like, oh, my God, that is the most incorrect assumption that ever existed on this planet. There is nothing more intelligent than the human body. If it's not working right, stop blaming the cells and start recognizing there's a controller at the top here called sure. the consciousness. Right. Uh, and this is where, where uh, but you can't make money off of it if you're a drug company. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, look, drug, yeah, go yeah, ahead. And Bruce, I sometimes worry about these commercials just getting into people's consciousness, the disease itself or the, the illness, or the, the symptoms, because it, if it's repeated over and over and over again, not just about the, the drug, the so-called solution, but about the illness, that that could creep into our consciousness to, to step us further into our victimhood. Well, it, it didn't creep in. It hit us with a sledgehammer, because if you go out there and talk to almost any cancer patient, and you say, well, wh wh why do you have cancer? Almost, you know, the vast majority of them We'll say, oh, my genes, uh, I have, you know, there's something defective in my system. So when I go get some chemotherapy or I get some radiation, I could kill those stupid cells and I'll be healthy again. And I go, genes do not cause cancer. <laughs> there's not one gene that causes cancer. Fact of life. There's uh -huh. not, if you have this gene, you have cancer. You know, look, uh, uh, the BRCA1 gene has scared women ever since yes. they've identified it. Yes. Oh, my God, you got the BRCA1 gene, you're going to get cancer. Oh, my mm -hmm. God, God. So Angelina Jolie, beautiful woman as she is, has a double mastectomy right. because her mother had the gene and died. Her grandmother had the gene and died. And then the belief is, I have the gene and I'm going to die. Right. And here's what nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. 50% of the women with the BRCA1 gene never get the cancer. 
I go, no, stop and just say, what does that mean? The first thing it says is this, having the gene didn't cause the cancer. Uh (laughs) 50% of the women have the gene. They don't get a cancer. It's having the gene in a lifestyle that is not supporting harmony that causes cancer. Uh You want to change the cancer, you change your lifestyle, you change your consciousness. It's called a spontaneous remission. Mm -hmm. When somebody finally says, oh my God, my life is out of order, not my genes. Uh (laughs) And if I put my life back in order, all of a sudden health comes back and I go, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And yet the corporate structure, uh, and and there's a drive force. So why are we so stupid about all this? And the answer, there's a drive force called corporations. Corporations, people don't recognize. The first governmental law uh, regarding corporations is that the uh, corporation must make an effort to make a profit for the shareholders. In Mm -hmm. other words, it doesn't care what the corporation does. As long as it makes a profit for the shareholders, it's doing a right thing. And the significance is, then corporations aren't there for our health. Corporations are there to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say, well, why is this relevant? Because here's what we've been talking about. What if you can heal yourself without drugs, which you actually can, so yes. what, but yes. you can. I say, well, if you can heal yourself without drugs, that doesn't really play very well for the corporation called the pharmaceutical industry. Right. And I say, well, they are the primary force that is keeping this information from coming to the public. Mm-hmm. Why? Simple. If you could put energy in a pill or a tablet, the pharmaceutical company would be selling energy healing right now. Absolutely. But you can't. Yep. And as a result, it's outside the corporate bounds. So the only way to keep corporations uh, successful is to advertise every 15 minutes, you need me, you uh-huh. need uh-huh. this drug. Right. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> and and, and those, those nutrients that um, are beneficial to healing that can't be put into a patent those two are, you know, are sort of fought by the pharmaceutical industry and in some cases the FDA. But we have to go to another quick break. This hour is flying by way too fast. Stay tuned for more with the wonderful Bruce Lipton. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub for Empowerment Radio and learn breakthrough solutions to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. Tune in the first and third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific to Empowerment Radio with host Dr. Friedemann Schaub on Transformation Talk Radio. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com to learn more. Best-selling author, spiritual life, and business coach Joe Nunziata brings his higher energy and no-nonsense style to people who are ready to make powerful changes now. Wake up, step up, power up with a shot of Joe. Join Joe the second and fourth Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern for 30 minutes of high energy, no-nonsense, and powerful tools to make powerful changes. Visit joenuns.com. That's J-O-E-N-U-N-Z.com. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. The knowledge book currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truth, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in the knowledge book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to the Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at Stellar Reflections with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stressed? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath or taking very shallow breath. To signal the body that all is well, which most of the time it is, sometimes all that is needed is a nice, deep breath to break the cycle. First, exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently. Next, take a nice full breath in, feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips. Release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement. Notice how your body feels. Do you feel refreshed? Calmness is only a breath away. 
This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Kristen Epchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Okay, Bruce, before we go any further, I want people to know how they can connect with you. Uh, what's your website? Very simple, brucelipton.com. Okay. Uh, lots and lots of available free information, videos, uh, uh, programs, uh, audio, audio programs, uh, written programs, all freely downloadable uh, uh, on that, uh, as well as uh, a listing of resources, very valuable resources, especially in uh, helping us change our belief system, since obviously belief is creating the reality, and if you don't like the reality you have, uh, you don't have to blame the world. We could go inside and change our perception, and then the world will change uh, uh, to accommodate our new perceptions. And and that's it. Sounds like so new agey, but I go no, no. This is current physics, epigenetics, uh, molecular biology. It's all saying the same thing that uh, we need to empower ourselves with with, with new information because the, the information available right now is limiting us. Uh huh. Yeah, that's great. And I, I know that you're coming to my neck of the woods here um, in June. It's very exciting. At, at, there's going to be a science and spirituality conference on Vancouver Island at their, their conference center there. Um, Bruce is going to be a part of it. Lee Carroll, Greg Braden, Lynn McTaggart, and Joe Dispenza. I mean, talk about the lineup. So if you're, if you're in the Seattle area, then you can get out there fairly easily. If you're anywhere else in the world, you should come here because June is a very nice time on Vancouver Island and it's a fabulous opportunity that you're not going to get you know many other times so again that's June uh, starts June 14th and it goes through June 19th of 2018 okay this hour has just flown by Bruce and I'm really happy to to say that you and I have talked about doing a a zoom video that we're going to do a face-to-face sort of you know furthering of this conversation uh, that we'll share on social media in the near future. Uh, but meanwhile, let's let's see about where can you give us? A, we're, we're, we've gotten so much information about where we're at and and how we need to shift in order to change it. What's your vision for the potential of our future? Well, the, there's a very uh, wonderful model for us, and that is. Uh, there's a community of 50 trillion citizens, each each uh, uh, citizen and individual living in harmony, uh, all at the same time, 50 trillion citizens. And I say, well, where, where's that? And I go, under your skin right now uh, are 50 trillion cells. And you say, well, those are cells. And here's a little fact that most people don't recognize. There's not one new function in the entire human body that wasn't already present in single cells. And so, in truth, uh, every function in your body uh, an amoeba could have. Respiration, digestion, excretion, nervous system, reproduction, even immune system. Single cells have an immune system. So what, what was the point? And the idea is this. Cells are miniature people. They live in a community. When there's harmony in the community, there's health in the system. So a human body that is healthy is an expression of harmony. Uh, a human body that is not healthy is revealing a disharmony in the community. So I say, oh, well, there are rules and there are principles of how cells as individuals, as miniature people, engage. And if you understand those rules and principle, which is cooperation, community, harmony, uh, when you see if those are the principles that bring health inside the body, they're the exact same principles that are required to bring health outside of the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Gaia is a living organism. We're cells in the body of something much bigger called Gaia. Every organism is, is a member of this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the relevance about that is, well, if we want peace and harmony, then look at what brings peace and harmony to our biology and then recognize Make that part of the rules and the program of living in our world, and our world will reflect that health as well. So wow. uh, there is an opportunity. It's not a like, what the heck do we do? I say, mm-hmm. look, there's 50 trillion cells. They've been doing it for a million years. Maybe mm-hmm. you should see what they're doing. And uh, it changes everything. So, so, uh, so if we, uh, if biology we think, is a teacher. And, and I think that I love that image of um, you know what creates harmony within 
will automatically create the harmony, the, the external harmony. So let me ask you this question, because I, I think that there are some people who will never get on board for this. So using the body as um, sort of the, the image here, what's going on, can there be harmony when there are some misbehaving cells in there? Uh, not necessarily. Now, and it's interesting because the biology, if you, you get some cells and they get off the track, uh, they can cause pathology, cancer, mm-hmm. okay? Uh-huh. I say, yeah, but why are the cancer cells uh, off track? And the answer is because of, of usually anger in the system, disharmony being uh, uh, the system is trying to adapt to that disharmony. But in the result, disharmony man- manifests a, uh, an organizational complement, which is disease. And, and so basically uh, what we really want to look at is uh, how how these principles apply, which is, Look, uh, uh, there's an organic farm inside your body. Uh, There's so many new things about our biology that are so critical. Uh, One of them, for example, is something called the microbiome. What the Uh, heck is a microbiome? And the answer is this. On every surface of your body, uh, which is connected to the outside, which means the skin, Uh the digestive system, the respiratory system, the urogenital system, there are... Uh, anywhere up to 10 times as many human cells in the form of bacteria. Oh, interesting. And I go, so we have 50 trillion uh, human cells. We have probably 500 trillion bacteria on our skin. Now, you go on television and say, wash it off, put the soap, clean it mm-hmm. off, and all that. And I go, no, right. you don't understand. Uh, these bacteria are vital to our survival. They're the first line of the immune system. They keep things from infecting us when you have a harmonious microbiome. Uh You take antibiotics, you destroy the microbiome. And how important is it, and this is really the key, that these bacterial cells that constitute a microbiome are so critical to the human biology that science has renamed the human as a superorganism. A human as a superorganism means this. Yes, you have 50 trillion human cells, those are your cells, but you have up to 500 trillion bacteria, and I go, you cannot live without those bacteria. You will mm-hmm. die if you don't have the bacteria. So then when you look at well, what makes a living human, 50 trillion human cells and 500 trillion bacteria. So all of a sudden it says the bacteria are now recognized by science to be part of the community. And uh, and it's really important to recognize that these bacteria provide for our health and for our survival. Matter of fact, in, in the gut of the human, even though we have acid in the stomach and enzymes to break down food, uh-huh. the ultimate last digestion processes which break everything down to the final building blocks is carried out by the bacteria if you don't have bacteria in your gut you can't digest your food and all of a sudden it's like you can't digest your food you can't live and then hence microbiome uh, is a, a critical understanding so it says you know, look, look at our, our just our human, con- you say bacteria and everybody cringes and uh-huh. they want to find some Lysol and spray stuff right, you know? right. and that's, like, that's, that's that, a way of destroying yeah. ourselves Absolutely. And antibiotics are the biggest destructive agent there is Yeah. uh, uh, because it's given wholesale to everybody. Here, take antibiotics. I go, oh, my God, you're killing your own microbiome. Mm -hmm. That cannot be good. (laughs) And it isn't. You know, this 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 hour has flown by. Um, I wanted to mention again, your Bruce's website is brucelipton.com. And I want to remind everybody on Vancouver Island at their conference center, there is a fabulous event. with Bruce and four others in the middle of June. Uh, Bruce, thank you so much for joining us here today. I, I want to thank you. I will also want to thank our dear friend Benny back there and oh. hiding behind a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right here. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate that. Yeah, Benny, Benny does his <laughs> magic. And I thank you for joining us here today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey. Each week, this show engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about the transformative healing work of Christine, visit www.StellarReflections.com. And for weekly topics, visit www.TransformationTalkRadio.com. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.